This is where we uncover the simple traditions that successful business owners are doing every day to build a successful home life while still taking the lead in their business. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Wanda Howard. I'm your host. And today we are going to take a little bit more of a twist on things. Usually I'm having conversations with business owners and um, those who are in that world. And I love those conversations. They're amazing. But today we're going to get to talk about more about God and how to teach our kids um, to grow up with a healthy relationship with him, what that looks like. And also so many Christians right now are struggling with feeling peace, feeling hope, feeling the fruits of the spirit that we should all be feeling. And oftentimes those feel out of reach. So how do we get there? And today we have with us Robert Bass. He is a pastor. And so he's going to tell us a little bit more about his religion and what he teaches, what he does and why he does it. Um, One of the reasons this conversation is so dear to my heart is I feel like so often, um, even between religions, we put up barriers thinking that our religion is the only way or the other religions are weird because they have different uh, ways of doing things. And the thing that I think is by far the coolest, the thing that stands out and gives me a lot of hope is the commonalities, is the reason that we are celebrating in the Christmas season that we're at right now. And everything about God should be bringing us together. And if it's causing barriers, if it's causing stress, if it's causing guilt and frustration, then there's something there that we can dive into deeper. We can ask questions more to get clarity and we can come together to lift each other up. So welcome, Robert. And please tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, Yeah. So I am, uh, I used to be a personal trainer. Uh, I've been a business owner, Uh, I was a tennis athlete. I've done all kinds of stuff in my life. And it's just absolutely amazing what God does in our life when we just follow him. And so I have the privilege now to be a pastor uh, near Jacksonville, Florida, and also have authored recently my third book. So it's just absolutely amazing what God will do with our life. Uh, Awesome. And your book is called The Fruits of the Spirit. And that's exactly what we're talking about. And so anybody that wants to go look that up, like, definitely go look that up. Um, And we'll dive in a little bit here too, more about that. But tell us why you became a pastor. I think so many people, myself included, think, okay, pastors are people who grew up going to seminary schools and like planned their whole life to do that and have dedicated everything. But you said that you were a business owner and tennis player and all these other things. So what, what shifted and what did that look like to even become a pastor? Great question. I did not plan on being a pastor at all. Uh, as a young person, my eyes was set on being a pro tennis player. I actually had a scholarship to a major college to play tennis, but my life just changed uh, in a moment. And I, I changed careers. I, I worked for Mercedes for several years, fixing cars. And God, I was just on a different path. And even though I was raised in church, um, you know, I really spent years doing things the way I wanted to do, right? And nothing necessarily wrong with that. But I went through a season where I just didn't include God in anything that I did. And uh, and unfortunately, I got into a motorcycle accident when I was working for Mercedes. And that really just turned my life around because I had learned to walk again. And even though I had tons of money, I had success in the world, uh, I had everything really you could desire and want at the time. uh, What fell through was, you know, my peace and my hope and my joy. And I had everything the world had to offer, 
right? I really did, uh, but it wasn't enough. And so I got to a point um, through that motorcycle accident where God opened my eyes and I began to realize I really didn't have friends. I thought I did. Uh, I had a lot of people who I hung out with, you yeah. know, um, who I could text. But in a moment where I needed help, in a moment of, of hurt and, and trials, people weren't there for me. Uh, but my family was and it ended up being the church that was there for me in a really difficult time. And so that kind of opened my eyes. And begin this shift and say, wait a second, I've had everything that the world could offer, and that wasn't enough. That didn't fill me. So what does? What am I really searching for? And so it began a journey for me to just start attending church more and getting to know God and taking seminary classes like so many people may plan to do. But I really just took them in, in a way to say, God, I want to know you more. I'm not taking this to have more education, to sound smart, to, I don't know. I was just like, God, I just want to know you. And so I began to kind of take classes here and there, like picking different ones that I found interest, interesting instead of pursuing a degree or, or knowledge. And so even though I've taken a lot of classes by now, uh, it's just amazing what God does when we pursue him. And so uh, I, I just started serving at a church and continue to serve. I got around mentors, people who developed me, matured me. And then after years and years of just discipleship and growing and pursuing classes and learning, uh, I had the opportunity to to be a pastor of everything like groups and uh, fitness groups That because, again, I was a personal trainer. So I was using the gifts and talents God gave me. That That's a good nugget for somebody right there. I just used what God gave me. You know, I was a tennis player. I was able to use that in sports and fitness and just helping people through that avenue and God just continue to open doors. That's really cool. And so what, what the heck does it look like to uh, have pastoring happen with like fitness and everything? How, how do you do that? Yeah. So I started uh, just helping people lead fitness groups uh, at the time when I was doing that, helping with the the groups in our church. And uh, we would just go out, let's just say it was soccer. We'd go out, play soccer, and about halftime, we would just stop, drink some water, drink some Gatorade, and just share for five minutes uh, something that God put on our heart, a scripture, something encouraging that happened that week, and just point people to Jesus. And it was that simple, whether it was basketball, tennis, we had like six football groups. We had a ton of sports and fitness groups, and that was our model. Look, around halftime when we would take a break, we just share about what God's done uh, in our life. And we've seen people get saved on football fields and soccer fields and basketball courts. Uh, and so it was, I mean, really simple, you know, and um, God just did a lot uh, in that season. I really love that. It's it's so cool to me um, as I've grown and as I've come to understand Jesus better and how he works. I used to have this concept that church meant or being a Christian meant you'd dive into the scriptures for hours upon hours every day and that's all you ever do and nothing should be taking away from that but we all have to live we all have to do the day-to-day -day stuff so how how do you spend hours reading the scriptures when you're a parent and when you have kids and you have to make meals and you have jobs and um and so just that simple example of just when you're taking a break, pulling out the scriptures, but when you're doing an activity that you love and working your body and um, increasing your health, you're able to have those conversations that having God a part of everything. These are our gifts that he's given us. He wants 
to be a part of them and they're beautiful. So that's really cool. So do you ever have um, just like church on the weekends where you stand up in front of people or is it solely the um, workout type areas that you do it? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Yeah, we have a church just like what, I guess what you would think about a church. We have Sunday services, Wednesday night Bible studies. Uh, yeah, I have the opportunity now to stand in front of stage in front of hundreds of people and share and, and share the good news of Jesus every single Sunday. So that is, you know, a, a lot of what I do now as a pastor is is preparing for uh, these services, um, you know, so many people ask me, what does a pastor do? <laughs> like, do they just pray all day? I would love to pray all day. Uh, but there is so much to do in the church world. A lot of uh, what a, being a pastor is, it's a spiritual gift. So it's not necessarily a job title, even though it's given a title in, in America and, and what we do, it's really a spiritual gift. And so even someone working in the business world or or even being a parent, you can have the spiritual gift of pastoring. It's it's the gift of shepherding, of bringing people in, caring for them, right? Bringing them closer uh, to God, which we should all be doing. And so a lot of my job is, is that. So Sunday, uh, you know, for what my role looks like is Sunday is an opportunity for me as a pastor to really see how people are doing to connect with people, to bring people in, to encourage them, to, you know, uplift them. And then during the week, I follow up with people. So if I know someone is hurting or needs help, that that's really my role as a pastor is to be with them uh, in the good times, right? In, in the marriages, those are always fun. But even in the funerals and in hospital visits and in family seasons of highs and lows, uh, to be there for people. And so a lot of my week is just being there for people helping them. And so it's no different than really what we would do in any kind of job, right? We can use the gifts and talents that God has given us right where we are. So if I'm playing tennis, I can still pastor and check up on people and be there for them in that moment, just as much as I can on a Sunday or a Wednesday night uh, Bible study. And so who I am, the gifts and talents that God is giving us all, those don't change no matter where we go. And so whether it's on a sports field or on a Sunday service or at a job somewhere, it doesn't matter. We can use the gifts and talents that God has given us. Uh, that is so cool. And I really like how you put that into perspective of um, just like any business, anything that we're doing, the more that we use that spiritual gift of helping each other and ministering and sharing the good news of Jesus, like that is truly what pastoring is about. So thank you for clearing that up. Um, another question that I just, I want it to get out there because I feel like so many people are afraid to ask questions when um, you're a part of a different religion. Um, so everybody here listening knows me and Robert are not of the same denomination. We're both Christian, and there's probably a lot of differences between our church. But the really cool part is there's also a ton of commonalities and the conversations that we're having, like already my brain is ticking of like, oh, oh, I see how like that lines up with what I believe. And that's really cool. So I want to ask you, um, Robert, what denomination are you? We talked about this a little bit before our call, but let everybody else here know um, your denomination and why it is that way. Yeah. So I grew up Baptist uh, for those of them those may be wondering. I actually grew up a Southern Baptist. So for those who know what that means. Um, and, and so our church is currently a non-denominational uh, church. And so 
Uh, what I love about a non-denominational church is when people come to a non-denominational church, they're they're dropping down what their preconceived ideas would be. And, and so every denomination has some amazing strengths. Like I grew up Baptist, you know the importance of baptism, right? You, you're taught it. It's important. You understand you know, the part that it plays in the Bible, the reason Jesus was baptized. And so the Baptist denomination really highlights baptism and they understand the value of it. So does every other denomination. You know, they're all going to highlight the majesty and the greatness of God. And so our God is so great that one, come on, one church, one denomination can't really encompass how great our God is. This is what I tell people, like, God is so amazing that we really have to begin to understand He created us differently, right? We are not all the same. And and He uniquely created each and every one of us for a reason, right? And so we all have different gifts and talents. You see, it talks about the body of Christ in the Bible, and it uses that metaphor for a reason. And, and so if we really embrace that, knowing that we are meant to represent Jesus, to represent God in a very unique and special way, then we can look at other denom- denominations and say, wow, what can I learn? How is this meant to draw me closer to God? Instead of looking at the things we don't agree with, instead of looking at, oh, well, you know, you believe this, so we can't be friends, right? Yep. It's like, no way. Like, the 98% of the things right in other denominations and in, in, in the Bible, we shouldn't even really be arguing about like <laughs> th- there's so many things that are in common. Like we've just fallen over the 2%. We, we really have. And so what can we learn from other denominations? You know, there's so much to learn about Catholicism and Catholics and, and Methodists and Protestant. There's so much to learn in church history that really should be drawing us closer to God. So I would just say as an encouragement, if you learn something about a denomination and that seems to draw you away from God or, or makes you not want to be closer to God, then really check uh, whether you should even be focused uh, on that and maybe shift your focus to say, okay, well, what are they getting right? Y- you know, um, I, I remember one time I went to a Spanish church and uh, I, don't, I don't speak Spanish, by the way. And uh, my my wife speaks Spanish. And, and we went to a church she wanted to attend. And, and I didn't understand the worship. I didn't understand the pastor. But God really spoke to me. And he goes, but you know what, Robert? He goes, you can worship me in your language. And, and even the differences in language, right? Like shouldn't be a hindrance when we serve the same God. But because guess what? God speaks more in one language, (laughs) you know, and English may not be his favorite language. I don't know, but he speaks (laughs) many different languages. I've thought about that as a kid. I just always assumed like that was his first language because that was mine. But no, he definitely, it doesn't have to be his favorite. They're all languages are good and all people. So I love that. That The thing that I'm wondering, too, is you talked about spiritual gifts and lean into those gifts that God has given you. Um, If a church doesn't pull you closer to God, analyze what it is that does pull you closer and and where can you find a religion that helps you um, really emphasize those gifts and bring those further into fruition. So um, around this time, especially 
everybody seems to be focusing more on the story of Jesus being born. Um, This is Christmas season in case this podcast lives at a different time of year. But um, right now, so many people are fixated on this idea of being perfect and feeling inadequate in being perfect or either one, they fall into the category of, I shouldn't go to church. I've made so many mistakes or they fall into the category of, uh, I, I have to put on a face, put on a show to, in order to be worthy enough to go to church. And so everything's fine. And if we see somebody else have a flaw, we point it out. And, and so how do we get away from that stigma that church is for the quote unquote, the righteous and instead have it be that church is for those who want to lift each other up who want to come to know Jesus, who want to um, understand their spiritual gifts better, understand the world around them and have a place in the community that wants the same. So what, what would you say to that? Wow. That is such a good question. I could probably preach for 30 minutes. (laughs) So I'll narrow it down as, as close as I can. You know, what's, what's so amazing about that is uh, even as a pastor, I will tell you, I am not perfect and I don't even try to be, I know the one who is, and, and and I tell people a lot of my job as a pastor is to be like the exit sign at a door is I'm, I'm reminding you who is the way, how you find your hope, how you find your strength. I'm trying to rem- remind you and point you back to Jesus. And, and so it, for a lot of us, it's so easy to think, well, you know, I'll go to church uh, when I get right or yeah. when, when I'm you know ready to do the right thing, I'll go to church. And so I remember I had a pastor tell me one time, he goes, you know what, Robert, a, a lot of church is like being a hospital. You know, we're here for people. We're here for the ones that are hurting, that are lost, that, that need help, that need hope. You know, the gospel, the good news of Jesus is the greatest news to the poor. It yeah. is the greatest news to the sick, the, the ones that are hurting. Um, and, and so for anyone that li- is listening to this podcast, like no matter what season you're in, like the good news of Jesus is there for you. And so you don't have to have everything figured out uh, to do that. Actually, you know, when you read in the Bible, you read about the prophets uh, when they encounter the presence of God, they're like, whoa, I'm a sinner. So actually, if you read the Bible, the closer they got to God, the more they realized they were a sinner. Yeah, that's so right. that brings me a lot of hope. So if I think I'm good and I don't need Jesus, uh, <laughs> you know, th- that's pride, right? And so I should be humble enough to say, I need a relationship with Jesus. I get my hope and my strength from him. And so even as a, a leader in ministry and, and as a pastor, I don't pretend to be perfect, but I, but my job is to draw people into image God well. And so to image God, well, I have to be in a really good relationship with him to know him, to image him uh, well. Yeah. And that, so let's talk a little bit about your book. Um, It's called the fruits of the Holy spirit. So um, you've mentioned right there that you get your hope from Jesus. And I do too, but I remember a time in my life where it felt very dark and I didn't even know how to feel that. And I know a lot of other people, they feel the same way. They want to feel that hope, but it's consumed by guilt or by stress or by frustration of never being enough. So what is the very first step that they can do to start feeling like um, there is that hope again, that that is what 
is the main thing in their relationship with God and not this overwhelming guilt that they'll never be enough. Yeah, good. I mean, the first thing that they, you know, we can realize is that there is hope, that God loves us so, so much. And so, um, you know, to know that there's hope is a big deal. Um, And, you know, I wrote this book uh, called Hidden Fruit because I believe that the fruit of God's presence, love and joy and peace and patience, that it's been hidden, that it really has, that we have forgotten what is available to us. You know, in the Bible, God does not promise a lot. He just really doesn't. If you read the Bible, you won't see a lot of promises. You see a lot of pain, you see a lot of suffering, and you see God there with people through that. And so, but when you read in Galatians 5, it's a promise that God says that I am with you. And these things are a fruit of God's presence being with us. And so, even though you may not be having a hard time loving, you can love. You can experience an amazing love. So, even if you've been hurt before or someone you love has let you down or betrayed you, you can still be healed from that and experience true love. So again, that brings me hope that even though I've been let down before, even though I could have a so many problems, I don't even know which way to turn. I can still have peace. Why? Because these are a fruit of God's presence. It's not a fruit of my presence, of my strength and what I can do. It's a fruit of him. And this is what I love about being a follower of Jesus. We have hope. Like we don't have to figure everything out. It's like it's like having a cheat sheet almost. It's like, wow, you know what? I can I can press into God and he can give me hope again. I can have peace. I can have patience, even though I'm waiting and believing for something. You know, I can have joy in, in a season where it may be really difficult. And and so God's presence just brings me so much hope knowing what is available. So when I read the fruit of the Holy Spirit, I'm just so hopeful because I'm like, I can have that. It is a promise that God's given us. Yeah, uh, that's beautiful. The, the thing that it reminds me most about is being a parent, that relationship with your kids. When they fall down, they get hurt. They're learning to ride a bike or they're learning to walk or whatever they're doing and they fall down and they feel that kind of a, a, on a small scale, that sense of hopelessness of I, I'm here, I'm hurting. And as a parent, we step in, we hold them, we let them know, like, we're here for you, we'll keep being here for you. And I think God does the very same for us. And he will continue to hold us through those moments. And that truly, that gift of hope right now in the world, there's so much fear and just this feeling of darkness everywhere. That's it truly is a gift that uh, we cannot take lightly. So that brings me to parenting as well. You are a dad, you um, are married. And so what what does that look like to be a pastor and uh, um, have kids? There's, there's always this worry um, that our kids will grow up and maybe not have the same faith as we do, not, not believe in God. So what can we do as parents to help them cultivate that relationship instead of force it on them instead of it be this like overbearing burden that they must do this but instead of making an invitation for them yeah that's good you know god doesn't force us to love them and then it wouldn't be love right And, and so us as parents it's our job to model what god does uh and how he treats us 
And so not to force things on people, right? We teach, we absolutely teach as parents, but it's really more about modeling and and showing people what it's meant to look like. Our kids are going to learn more what they see us do than what they say. And we tell them. And and so for for me, being a pastor and leader, you know, uh, again, we don't pretend to be perfect, right? And and God has called us to to love others and to love him is the greatest commandment. And so uh, again, the most powerful thing that that my son and my wife can know is that I love them. And so therefore I'm with them, I support them. And so they have their own identity. I don't force my wife to be involved at church to a certain degree. And believe it or not, people have high expectations of pastor's wives, you know, but I don't force my wife to serve or do in a certain ministry. Same as my son. I know my son's going to make mistakes. He's going to run around. He's going to do things at school he shouldn't do. He's going to say things with friends he shouldn't do. He's going to make mistakes at church. Imagine that, right? He's a kid. And so I don't expect my kid to be perfect in church. Now, I will teach him and guide him and he'll see how I act and how I respond to things. Um, But again, he is his own person and he has his journey and his relationship with God that he's got to figure out. And so I want him to be able to come to me to be able to learn things. But if I'm always rules focused and and I don't do this perfectly, I'll admit it. Right. Uh, We have one child, so he gets (laughs) all the learning. Um, And so uh, but but what I've realized is I have to help him learn. He has to grow in a relationship with God. If I force it, then he's not going to learn. He's going to do out of duty, right? Instead of of a loving relationship. And so even for us as adults, you know, a lot of times we've been taught the Bible in a certain way, or we've been taught by pastors, um, but really encouraging even us as adults to pursue a relationship with Jesus, to have a relationship with God. Because the better our relationship is with with our Heavenly Father, the better it's going to be, and we're going to be able to love others. Ah, that's so, so true. With um, the relationship we have with our kids, it seems like it's so easy to let the world's pressures get in on us of um, this is what they should be doing, how they should be acting. But the more and more, just like you said, that we focus on our relationship with God, the more and more we're able to feel a difference, to feel something like the change within us that helps us align better with our kids. One of the things too, that I think is so interesting and sad is um, when people lose their faith or fall away from a religion or um, are questioning whether or not uh, the reality of God. So this topic, I know so many people who are of different denominations, different faiths have fallen away. And the thing that I think is what we lose sight of so often is we we identify the fact that they um, either joined a different church or fallen away from the certain church that we are part of or whatever you want to call it, um, that we see that as a sign that they are headed in the wrong direction. And to me, I feel like the way to really gauge if they're going in the right direction and to stay in that spirit of hope as a parent is if we see our kids or loved ones uh, falling away from a church or whatever you want to call that um, and see it as they are trying to get to know God their own way. They're trying to come to him and it just looks differently than the way that we came to him. That's okay. That's a good thing. That's a good sign. But if it's all about hating God and uh, 
just hating church and everything like that, then that just is a signal that we can start paying attention to why and asking them questions and being there for them through that. It doesn't have to be this degradation of we did something terrible or now they're a terrible person and uh, we have to fix them, but to walk with them, to just be there with them. So um, right now is the spirit of Christmas everywhere. And I love this time of year. So um, I think one of the beautiful things about God's story is he came as a little tiny baby. It started in the home with parents. And what is right now the most important tradition that you think people can be doing right now to really cultivate that spirit of Christmas, the spirit of giving, and to invite God into their life more? Yeah. So during this time, uh, every year, my dad would sit us down and we would read the the Christmas story. And, and you know, my dad was not a pastor. You know, he went to church uh, and, and he, my dad did an amazing job raising us, uh, but he would just open up the Bible and read it and, and, and share it with us. And, and so I just want to encourage, encourage you, Hey, you don't have to be a perfect Bible reader. You don't have to have all the answers. Don't even pretend to be right. I'm going to free you up now. Don't even pretend to have all the answers. Even as a pastor, I don't have all the answers, but you know what? I love God and I want to know about him. So model that with your children to just open up the Bible during this season and read it and, and share the story with your family, share the story of Jesus and, and this time and, and do it in a humble way where it's like, wow, look at this. Look what we get to read. Look at the opportunities that we have. And so that will free you up as a parent in sharing the gospel and just opening up your Bible because you know, it's so easy to be afraid of getting it wrong that we do nothing, right? Yeah. And so just like the gym, we're afraid to, to mess up the exercises so we don't even go. <laughs> it's way better to go and try to figure it out and just give it a shot. And you'll be surprised that God will meet you. Like he really will. God will show up. And so uh, my encouragement would just be to just open up the Bible and to read something. Look, you open up the Bible and read it. You're not going to get it wrong. <laughs> even if you don't know where the story is in the Gospels, you may not even know where the New Testament is. That is OK. You open up that Bible and read it. And God loves us so, so much. He'll show up and he'll be with us uh, in that moment. Uh, that's so good. And it's so true. He is the best coach out there. He will definitely meet you there halfway and make sure that you have everything that you need to strengthen your spiritual muscles. So thank you, Robert. That was amazing. Um, anything, any last things for people to be able to uh, either connect with you or um, just one simple step that they can do? What can we leave people with that you shared opening up the Bible? Um, what's one verse that they could start with? Mm, one verse. That is a that is a good good question. Uh, what's of a, a scripture that's gotten me through a lot of uh, difficult times in my life is Isaiah chapter forty one. Uh, Isaiah is in the Old Testament, and um, it, it's just a passage on hope. You know, I think it's verse ten. Just says, "Fear not that I am with you. Right? Be not dismayed, for I am your God." And and God's just reminding us that He will be there with us, and so. Again, that's why I wrote the book Hidden Fruit is to remind us that God's promise is that he will be with us. Not always that things will be good and that they'll work out great, but that he will be with us. Therefore, I have hope. 
that I can have love and joy and peace and all the fruit of his presence. So that scripture has gotten me through some difficult times like my motorcycle accident uh, in my life. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Robert, for coming. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Go check out that book because right now there is definitely a spiritual war going on where so many people are lost in turmoil and you don't have to stay there. There is so much hope. There is so much peace. And it all comes from coming to know God better. So thank you again for joining us today and we will see you all next time. I am so glad that you were able to be here and discover more with us of what it means to be a successful parent. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a rate interview so that we can reach more amazing parents who are looking for ways to truly succeed with their kids too. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at WandaHoward.Live. If you're like, holy cow, this was amazing, but I have so many more questions, then send me a DM with your biggest takeaways and all of your questions. I'll be sure to take care of you. Have an amazing day, and I will see you in our next episode.